everybody. I'm Dale Sparagi, love and relationship coach and host of this podcast, New Wave Relationships, about all things relationships, relationship to self, others more than other, couples, singles, breakups, and dating. What's new in relationships and how relationships are changing and evolving especially post-COVID, post-digital, post-MeToo, and sadly to say, post-no-row versus weight. So we're talking about finding love and losing love, creating lasting love and lifestyle. I'm thinking of this as a forum for relationships. So please, if you have any burning questions, send them in. Or here's something novel. If you'd like some coaching, if you're struggling with something in your relationship and you'd be willing to do the session here so others can benefit, please email me at dale at creativecorecoaching.com. On this episode of the New Wave Relationships podcast, we will be doing our first ever couple segment on power couples. To understand our use of the word power, Dale and I are thinking about this as how two people can empower each other and embrace their truths. Here we will be interviewing Paula Cowla, 42, and Andrew Lavender, 36. They are in a monogamous relationship, living and working together. They are both personal trainers with hobbies of traveling and paddleboarding. Hear more about their personal training retreats at the end of the show. Today on the New Wave Relationships podcast, we are doing our first ever power couple segment, and we are doing this with Paula Kaula and Andrew Lavender, and we're so excited to have them. And um, in this episode, we're going to be asking some pretty personal questions about their relationship, um, particularly about how they've met, what their strengths are, some of their weaknesses, and some storytelling, and asking about the edge of their relationship. Um, and these are both Dale's friends. We'll have Dale kind of introduce them and walk them in, but excited to have them. And I hope everyone's doing good. I'm doing pretty good today. Uh, how's everybody doing? Thanks for being here. We're doing great. Thank you for good. having us. Yeah, thanks for having us. Yeah, welcome. Welcome, Paula and Andrew. I'm really happy and excited to have you. Um, and just excited because Paul is my personal trainer and I see her like a few times a week. I probably she probably knows more about me than anybody. <laughs> like and um I I know that some days I'm not like always, you know, I'm kind of a little cranky, but I still so appreciate our work together. And um Pao and Andrew are both personal trainers and they both teach yoga. And they also um, have a retreat that they run in Colombia. So you're going to hear all about that, all about their work and their lives together. And um, yeah, so let's hear from from the two of you. How are you? And what's up? What's going on? Uh, we're good. Um, we're just. Uh here ready to uh enjoy the afternoon and hopefully tell you guys a little bit about ourselves so it's our anniversary yeah (laughs) today's our wedding anniversary and And our first date anniversary 
So we uh, get to celebrate uh, quite a bit today. So you had your first date and your wedding on the same day. Tell me about that. Yes, actually, it was not planned. So because of COVID, we had to cancel or postpone our wedding like three times. And the third time, uh, there were only two dates available. And the better like weather season was around April. So I chose the April date. And when I realized after I chose, I was like, oh, this looks familiar. <laughs> and it was um, our first date date. Yeah, <laughs> so we got married actually on our fifth anniversary, on our fifth year anniversary. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you two been together now? Today makes seven years. Seven years. Seven years. And tell us how you met. You, you go. Uh, We actually met at yoga. So uh, my roommate was taking the teacher training course that she happened to be taking at that time. So he was graduating and uh, they were in the same graduating class. And he happened to invite me to the ceremony that they had for uh the certification so i met her that day and we went to a little party afterwards and uh we didn't really get a chance to connect much that day actually aside from a very short introduction but a year later i found myself in that same yoga studio um taking the same yoga teacher training course that she had taken and in that time she had become a mentor for the program and was involved in the course that I was taking. <laughs> so, so did she teach? So then, was she teaching you as a mentor? Uh, luckily, she wasn't my mentor, but um, but I was a mentor. I was a mentor for the whole training. Yeah. So yeah, I was part of the class. Mm -hmm. So initially, we actually didn't really even connect in the program. It wasn't until like what a month in, like. Two months. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't until we were well into the program that um, she'd actually reached out to me and asked me if I would work with her as a trainer. And she wanted to uh, work with me in a gym to focus more on her fitness goals. So it was at that point that we really started connecting and we've pretty much been inseparable since then. So, <laughs> so you both met in a place where you had things in common. And then second, Paula, you asked him if you could work with him. Was that for work purposes or was there some other goals there? I'm just, I'm genuinely wondering because that's an interesting strategy is like, oh, let's work together. Let's do this together. And I think doing fun things together is like, oh, let's go. We both like long walks on the beach. Let's go for a long walk on the beach. But to be like, hey, do you want to work together? Like, I'm just wondering, was that a strategy or were you actually like also interested in like, you know, his work skills in that way. And it could be both. I'm just wondering. It's very funny because he he thought I was like after him, but I was not. No, no. I was worried because I had an interest in her. Okay. I did not think she was after me. Well, but me I was terrified because I, I liked her. So. so I really genuinely wanted to get, I always had a trainer and for like a few years, I kind of like had dropped out and I was very good friends with Eugene who was his roommate that brought him to Kula 
And he always like talks so good about how amazing trainer he was, how such an amazing trainer he was. So, and he was like right there. So I was like, oh, like, you know, I'll give this guy business. Like he looks like he knows what he's doing. Like I have people telling me he's amazing. So I want to hire him. And then he didn't want to train me. He didn't want to train me because I guess he liked me. Yeah. So initially, like, I was just terrified at the idea of working with someone that I had a personal interest in. So because I, you know, this is my business and I've always made it. I've always been very professional. So when she asked me to work with her, I had a more extensive questionnaire that I would normally give my other clients because I didn't want to connect off of a physical interest. I wanted her to make sure that she was also serious about it too. And, you know, not just looking to like, not just looking to score. So, (laughs) you know, uh, we were going back and forth and I could see she was getting frustrated. And then she was like, you know, I just want to feel good about myself again and start to move my body and be more fit. And at that point, I was like, oh, shit, like, I know I can't I've got to work with her. Like, I can't say no to her anymore. Like, it's really hard to turn her down when she really wants to do something better for her. So at that point, I, I like put my own interests aside and started working with her as a trainer. Wow, that's so cool and interesting, because right away, you you became authentic with each other. Like you were both expressing your real feelings and and keeping each other in mind and, and conscious about the moves that you were making. So what, what that's such a, a great start to a relationship, right? To be so clear and conscious. I love that. I also think that it's um interesting because you kind of off the bat had to assert a boundary a little bit, which is really tough right off the bat to be like, hey, I actually like can't do this you know, give you this need that you would like, um, because it's against my values or my, you know, my own personal rules is I don't teach people I kind of have a crush on. Sorry, you're just that cute. Um, but also then you worked with her and heard her need of like, actually, I really want to focus on the work. And, um, then you both adjusted to that. I think that's kind of nice. That's cool. Because when you really want to do a certain practice and someone that you you know, I don't know if Paula, did you have a crush on him by that time? And did you want to, was it all work out or was there also like, Oh, I want to learn from him. Is it cute too? No, I, I didn't have a crush on him then. However, like after like our second session, that's when I was like, mm-hmm. I was like, Oh, like that body. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> that's when it happened. Right. I could imagine your field that that does happen if you're both like teaching it too. That that must be quite a place to see people. Yeah. And so then I would imagine that the professional relationship got personal. So how did that happen? Was it like, do you want to go to dinner with me? Was it like, did it just kind of transition slowly? Was there a moment where, you know, you both kind of knew, okay, yeah, we're going to start this? So. I think the first thing we discussed was professional boundaries because she was a mentor in the program and I was a personal trainer and I was in the program. So before we even like started dating on a serious level, we had a conversation about 
um, keeping things uh, discreet and working on a professional level for the time being so that we wouldn't get the community involved, you know, kind of uh, get screw things up for ourselves either. Yeah, when when we saw that, you know, that the attraction was there and that we were going to explore, we had that conversation where I was like, you know, right now we have to keep it hidden for a while because, you know, like I sh- as a mentor, I shouldn't be like dating a student. Yeah. <laughs> and him as a trainer of his business should not be training a, uh, dating a client. Yeah. So we were both like... Yeah. We were dipping in both pools. So, but uh, they were asking how, like, if there was a moment that that you knew or that we knew to shift the relationship from professional to, and that moment was at the gym. <laughs> you always talk about it. I mean, for her, it was. I knew immediately that I had an interest in her. So there was always like that underlying like desire to develop a partnership. So, to, so. Tell us more about your moment, Pow. So Andrew knew kind of from the beginning, but yours was like you had this sudden sort of, oh, you know, there's something here that I'm really um, attracted to. And and then was it kind of like he took the lead or you took the lead? And so, so there was a moment at the gym where I was doing an exercise on the ground and he like, he gave me his hand, you know, to pick me up or to like help me come up. And, you know, like I just saw the body and like how kind he was. And I don't know, it just came for me. Like I literally like I thought like I want to have sex with this guy. She got weak at her knees. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but, you know, like I was not going to pursue anything. So I just thought about it. I didn't say anything. I didn't act any different. It was just a thought. And like three days later, he starts texting me being like, I know this is like, um, I don't remember that you didn't say wrong, but I shouldn't be doing this, whatever. Mm-hmm. But then he told me that he liked me. Um, and, and then he asked me out on a date and we went on a date. And seven years later today, here we are. <laughs> So yeah, that's he made the first move, but I have that thought. Do you want to ask that? Uh, yeah, I knew the moment. Like you, it was very clear at that moment that she had made a connection with me. So I, um, I think it was that day I texted you. I went home. <laughs> I went to my roommate, and because we were all friends, and I was like, "Oh shit!" She gave me this look. Like, what do I do? <laughs> so. You know, it's amazing how something as small as a look can have such a strong gesture in your life, because I knew at that exact moment that, like, she had an interest in me, and she didn't even have to say a word. So the funny thing is that, like, I think years later, we were talking about that moment, and he goes, I knew to ask you out because when you were on the ground and I, and, and you saw, and you gave me this look and I'm like, what is like, he was literally reading my mind. <laughs> I feel, I felt like I was. <laughs> yeah. That's attunement. I would say, right. That is like really attunement. And it's interesting, the different approaches, you know, and, and I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't generalize and say, Oh, you know, men, 
do this and women do this. But it is interesting that Andrew kind of knew from the beginning and, and Powell needed some time to kind of feel who he was and kind of have, you know, get to know him and trust him. And then when she felt that, you know, there it was. So that's interesting, you know, not, you know, not making anything out of that, but just kind of, um, but I think the attunement is really also, you know, knowing, like feeling those moments together and not having to even speak, but just that, you know, that's that deep connection. I think attunement's an interesting word you're using, Dale, too, because attunement, right, in like an attachment theory scenario is like when instead of, just to explain a little bit, just instead of giving a baby like um, an iPad to play on to give them their need, when they're crying, instead you actually, you know, have some sort of, you know, way of knowing that actually their need is connection and you you connect with them with like eye contact or like, you know, uh, an intimacy you can tell that they need. And so you're actually attuning a to something that's more accurate than another thing. Um, so I think interesting to use that because I think that actually does work in this scenario because you're talking about like, instead of, you know, going with the flow of like a workplace relationship, you attune to, okay, now we're moving this forward into something more authentic, which is the dating realm. Uh, so I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. What a cool origin story. Yeah, no, I, I love it. I think it's beautiful, uh, you know, just describing kind of the process and the flow of, you know, how you were created as a couple. So, so seven years later now, kind of what do you share with us, you know, what you, what keeps you together, what you love about each other, um, what you appreciate um, how, you know, even like on kind of this day-to-day basis, like you're both in the same business, how does that work together? So I know I asked a couple questions, you know, together, but just jump in where, what feels, you know, like you want to share. We don't have enough time to go over all that, honestly. <laughs> like, yeah, we have our faults and like, we, we struggle as individuals and, you know, in a relationship, but I think overall, like, you know, we're just so solid. Like, I know she's my person. So like everything we do together is just like an adventure. It's new, it's growth, it's development. And even like our faults and our downsides are able to, you know, be seen and met with like compassion and understanding. So we're able to move past those situations knowing that we're not like intentionally trying to hurt or overlook one another or, you know, put down or, you know, make each other feel a specific way. It's just the world we live in uh, confuses us sometimes and overwhelms us to a point where we struggle to connect and communicate. So we um, have a lot to go over in the realms of like things that, you know, we have going for us and that, we do well together. Um, there's a lot of questions. I need to pick one first. <laughs> yeah. What um, is, yeah. Something like that you appreciate about the other person or even yourself. And then Andrew can comment on that. Maybe. Um, I love how kind and thoughtful Andrew is. 
he like he know he has like the perfect gift for every occasion like when when i want to give somebody anything for like a birthday or something all i can think about is a book <laughs> i don't know why i love to give books <laughs> but he's like i don't know the way he, like he's just so thoughtful and i remember when i when we first met like when we first started dating like the thing that like really i was like this guy is just so different it was that like he's so kind and he does these things in such a genuine way that like it wasn't to manipulate me there was no like a second alter like motive or intention or waiting anything in return or just because that's what like guys do you know it's coming from such a genuine place so yeah i love that kindness kind and thoughtfulness um that he has yeah no that's great and i and i heard you know what what you said andrew about you know when there's you know something confusion or when there's some lack of communication you you both do that you you both assume the best of each other you know that you're for each other and that right there like sunny was talking about attachment theory that is one of the the keys to secure attachment is knowing that the other wants the best for you, no matter what. So when there's conflict, when, you know, stuff isn't going well, that assuming that, that you really have each other, no matter what, that, you know, is the glue. It, it feels like that's part of it, right? Don't get me wrong. There's times we're genuinely mad at each other and like we can't even look at each other. But no, I think you're right at the foundation of it. Once the moment's over and like things start to cool down a little bit, we start to come to the realization that whatever conflict we had was probably just a manifestation of the stress in our lives. And it's usually not even like anything related to us as individuals. So just stress coming out in ways that we, you know, don't know how to communicate in ways that when we're overwhelmed or don't know how to communicate situations. So, yeah, other than that, we've really got a lot going for us, so. Yeah, like that was saying that, like, I know he's my person and, and like, I always want to be, you know, there for him. Um, And I know I can count on him, too. And not in a way that he's going to come and, like, defend me and be like, you know, take away kind of like my power or my decisions. Um, that's like another thing I love about him is he's like a feminist. <laughs> he's um he's not a type of guy that, you know, if I come here and I'm like, oh, you know, this is going on and I need to talk to this person, he lets me handle it. I hate when like guys are like, oh, this guy did that to you. I'm going to come and like beat him up. No, like if I ask him to beat him up, he probably will. <laughs> just kidding but um no like i know he's there you know for me as support as my support system but i make my choices my decisions and i deal with my problems and same thing for him that's actually one of the uh traits i admire most about her is how independent she is too like it's something that's always uh caught my attention from the first day i met her and that's actually the defining trait that drew me to her was just how how solid she is and how well she stands her ground. And 
how you know resourceful she is and how competent she is and her work ethic is just un like uncomparable to anyone else i've met because like she wants to accomplish what she sees for herself and she wants to be independent and you know it's great because i feel like i'm meeting her on a mutual playing field instead of you know just um me being the provider or a hierarchy and like so creating this like patriarchal household where like i'm the head of the household and she's my you know my my wife and my property and it's just you know never appealed to me and always kind of disgusted me to think their households like that so wow i i love that and i love those perspectives in there and um we asked some questions before we shoot about you guys being monogamous and um i think it sounds like you guys to my knowledge from my observation um have some pretty healthy individuation going on some healthy separateness where um you respect each other's boundaries and separate needs for independence. And I think that is another like key supporting system for having a secure relationship is being able to like, okay, you're going to go like get your nails done. You're going to go, you know, climb some rocks. Like, that's awesome. Like you do that. I'm actually too tired today and I'm going to like stay in. Right. So I think like, that's really cool to see that you guys have that respect. And also like you as, um, to my knowledge, as a man, like you, like really hyping up when she said you're a feminist, you hyping that up a step further and saying, yeah, like I am is even cooler because there's so many like guys who will just be like, oh yeah, well, like, you know, like girls are great and all, but like they are still crying on my property. You know, like there's like this like fine line of like people actually owning it. And also when she brings up that like, yeah, like I can hold my ground and, but if I needed help, I could call on him. There's nothing more sexy than me when I have like somebody is like hurtful to me in some way and I stand up for myself but then I'm like I call my buddy and they stand up for me in like a classy way right like actually we're not even gonna do this we're gonna go now you know what I mean and I think that it sounds like you guys have something like that going on where you guys hold each other with like grace and that's really cool so I wanted to say that well, thank you, because it is a real issue, and men don't see it like that. A lot of men in general just aren't raised with that ideology in the household where they're able to look at women with respect and with dignity. And, you know, it's not to say that they're bad people. It's just, you know, the way they were raised creates this different mentality. And I'm just happy that my, I wasn't raised that way. And I have a woman that I'm able to see as like a rock star and, mm. you know, this really like <laughs> strong, empowered woman. And it makes me, you know, proud every day to wake up next to her, knowing that she's there for me, like being that person. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. I'm really touched by hearing, you know, how you guys are speaking about each other and just the beautiful consciousness and and love yeah so so say a little bit about that kind of culture that you grew up in paula and now you're with this man that has this you know amazing he sees you right he sees you yeah um in colombia i mean i see it in here too i don't really see a difference in the cultures but um 
yeah, like you see it everywhere. Um, just, just the wedding ceremony. When I was imagining kind of like I was going over a wedding ceremony and, and thinking, you know, how I'm going to do this and that. And there was a part where my wedding planner had put that my dad walks me to the altar. And then Andrew is there waiting for me. And the whole thing, and not because I don't love my dad or anything, but it just make me feel sick. I'm like, so there's this like dude, you know, that has not had any, you know, like, like I'm me, I'm independent. <laughs> and this person just like walks me and hands me over to another man. Like, you know, for some, for other people that must be beautiful and the reasons, you know, whatever the reasons are, but for me, it just felt so awful. Like to be like, I cannot even walk there by myself. Like, like, why do I have to be passed on? So, and you know, when I talked, because we got married in Colombia and talked to my wedding planner and, you know, the people like everybody was like, Oh, like that shouldn't be like that is the, is the custom. And I don't really like to do things just because they have been done that way for years. Like I don't really care. I don't really care about tradition. If it's a tradition that continues to like, uh, put on these values that are damaging to our society. So like to me, that was like a big moment and. Andrew took everything like amazing. Like he was, he, I told him like, why don't we both come in together? And he agreed with that. And that was beautiful. Just like having our wedding ceremony like that. It was very meaningful to me um, to make, I'm like, I'm so, in, I try to be in integrity with things that sometimes don't even matter, <laughs> but all to me, those things are important. So yeah, I feel great to have a partner like him. Like he doesn't see me as an object. Um, and he doesn't expect, you know, things from me because I'm a woman. So I actually like that we got to walk down the aisle together like that too. And I didn't think about it when we first started the planning the wedding, but once we actually did it, it became more important to me also because my wife isn't my property. I don't see her like, you know, an item of possession being passed from her father over to me, you know, and the whole uh, ideology behind that and just didn't seem to have any real logic or substance. It just seemed like it was actually taking away her humanity and dignity and putting me on a pedestal and in a position of, you know, hierarchy that I didn't want to be in. So to walk down the aisle with my wife, you know, to our favorite music was the you know most amazing experience I could ask for. Yeah. And I mean, in culture, you see it everywhere. Like, yeah, in Colombia here, you know, the woman is meant to have children and to do expected to this, to study these type of careers and not these other ones. And like guys you know, undermine you all the time, like every single day outside of my house, I go anywhere and it's like, I feel that. And it's like, I feel like I'm always like trying to, to have to sometimes speak louder or, or do certain things like more difficult because you're always being undermined. Yeah. I totally hear that. I, 
I hear that a lot. I I deal with it in my workplace as well. Um, all the time feeling like I have to pull like, you know, two things at once where sometimes I, I think, or I perceive that the men will have to pull like one thing. Right. Um, and that can be very frustrating and I try not to make it into a thing because then suddenly I'm, you know, the B word, right. I'm not like being assertive and that will be like very frustrating, but I love that you reconfigured your wedding to your authenticity. And Andrew honored that need and supported it. And I think that's like a a very key thing that you guys seem to always do is respect your authenticity between each other and you appreciate it, which is a really cool quality is to appreciate the authenticity that another brings to the table or that another does. That's very nice. Yeah, it feels so genuine. I mean, your connection really feels so real and tangible and genuine. Um, And, you know, I kind of, I'm having a little hesitation in turning to this direction, but (laughs) I'm curious when Andrew said, yeah, sometimes we're so mad at each other that we, (laughs) so when that happens, because, you know, couples, the best couples go through stuff that's difficult, right? So I'm wondering if you're willing to share maybe something that you did go through together that you'd feel comfortable sharing that was difficult and kind of how you how you worked through that, how you worked through the anger, how you um, got back this, you know, beautiful, authentic connection that you two have. Um, so, yeah, we were actually talking about this a little bit because most of our difficulties are just you know frustrations that come out in unhealthy ways so whenever we have most of our little flare-ups they're not really pertaining to anything that has any substance but when it really came down to like difficult situations that we'd experienced and i think we can all you know share this uh mutually but we uh decided covid was actually one of the most difficult experiences for us in our relationship when it really came down to um, us being quarantines, working, restructuring our whole lives to learn how to survive under those circumstances and still maintain our overhead and healthy relationships in that process. That was very challenging. Yeah. So there's like so many things happened because uh, during COVID, because I was, I couldn't work for like seven months, like none of my business, uh, the gyms and places that I worked at uh, were open. So I was only doing the online, which were very few. And so that was very difficult for me. And like, I didn't, I don't know, I didn't know what to do with myself. And it was for the first time in my life. That I was, I mean, besides when I was a child, that I was not like providing financially for myself. So I was, I was living out of my savings, but they were not very big. <laughs> so it was like terrible. And I, I fell under like a depression. So it was very sweet because I remember Andrew, uh, one day he talked to me. He's like, Oh, um, I talked to, I don't really remember who you talked to, but he talked to somebody that recommended a book and he got a book and he actually got two of the same book, one for him, one for me. And it was like a workbook and it's beautiful. I forgot the name of it, but that book is amazing. Mm-hmm. 
So we were doing like the, the workbook and it really helped me. It talk about, talks about like desire, like how to like um, take action on your desires because I was feeling like, I don't know, like not good for like anything. Like, I don't know. I was kind of like, like a flower when the flower like starts dying. <laughs> I was feeling like that. So I thought it was super sweet, but like one approach that we have always taken when things like get difficult or we're having like kind of communication issues is that we see our therapist and we see her like not only when we're having issues, like we like to see our therapist once in a while because it's kind of like changing the oil in your car, like maintenance. And we try to apply, you know, the things that she always gives us like little things to, you know, to do kind of like we have a rules for fighting, for example. Um, so yeah, there's little things that she gives us and we try to apply those for, you know, in our lives. Yeah. It's fun. Cause our therapist is actually uh, very much a friend too. She's so much fun to be around that like when we're with her, it really turns into a productive dialogue that makes us all happy. Um, so that when the challenging stuff comes up, we're not as overwhelmed and um, we're not paralyzed by it. So it's a really cool approach for uh, our relationship to be able to address our issues and stay healthy and also to stay um, motivated so that we keep working towards like having a healthy relationship and, you know, being good partners to each other. Can I ask, um, when times are tough, like you said, and your therapist is giving you some recommendations on fighting, um, can I ask what the recommendations have been, if you guys remember? Yeah, so there's some protocols. So first, uh, if we're starting to have communication issues, usually mirroring helps. So when there's a discouraged uh, conversation and you're not connecting, repeating what your partner says can typically start to take things down. So it brings the focus away from what you're saying and back onto what your partner's saying. And then another time, um, other times I've noticed focusing on if I'm feeling a certain way and I'm acting out a certain way because of it, and she doesn't understand that, then maybe telling her what, what I'm feeling and why I'm feeling that way and making it about me would help her to understand why I'm struggling with a certain situation. So, um, like there was a time, I don't know, it could be using a million different situations. If I needed to do something, I was just overwhelmed by work and I can't like devote the energy to it. I can stop and like take a second and tell her, Hey, I would really love to, but right now I'm just too tired. I'm too overwhelmed. I really need to take a step back before I can take on any more. So it allows the whole dialogue to restructure where if there's expectations or if there's plans or if there's something on her side that she needs to tell me that I'm not connecting with, I can you know change that dynamic by telling her where I'm coming from and how I'm feeling. So it sounds like some nonviolent communication going on of like, when I see or perceive this happening, I feel blank. So I feel bad, good, um, sad, hurt, you know, excited, 
um, because it looks like this, blah, blah. That's a very good tactic about the I statements because what you're doing is, right, making it about you. You're not making it about the other person. And then the other person, you know, when we feel called out, when we have someone we love, like when we hurt them, when we hurt someone we love, we, we, it's very painful to hurt someone you love. So it's so easy for your defenses to come up really quickly. Um, you know, when you feel like the blaming is coming on. So I can totally see that being a thing. And I, I have that in my relationship too, where the I statements are very important and very de-escalating um, because it's about how I'm feeling. And it's like my perception, you know, not that you are doing a thing because that's an assumption and, you know, reacting to assumptions, is just unhelpful. Right. Well, then if you make it less, uh, when you're not doing that, it becomes more a dialogue of you did this, you said that you didn't do this, you didn't do that. So it becomes more of a chastising and criticizing dialogue where like, this is my partner. I don't want to criticize her. I want to connect with her. So if I'm able to remove that language from the, from the conversation, then she knows where I'm coming from a little better. And then she can restructure her dialogue and, you know, her dial, her ideology to help that. Yeah, that's so gorgeous. Like owning, owning your your part, right? Self responsibility, because blame really is toxic. I mean, blame in a relationship is is it's a killer. It's a killer, and I love that that your therapist is kind of like your. How did you put it, Andrew? Like your oil, like your oil tune or Paula? It was like your oil tune up. I love that. That's so cool that you have your, you know, in-house therapist and that you can go to, you know, for, for resource. I mean, we have like medical doctors, right? We have yearly checkups. Why wouldn't we do that for our psyche and our hearts and our ways of relating? I, I, I really love that. I think that's such a beautiful resource. And the relationship itself is basically an organ, right? And so you got to take it to the doctor. I think that's good. Yeah, so we are learning so many things from you and I can I I know that our listeners are must be getting a lot out of this. Do you have any, you know, like specific tips that you would offer um couples or or you know, people in new relationships maybe or if you think of different stages of your relationship um during what what phase and maybe what suggestion might you have yeah um i think like first to be even enter a relationship like for me this has been my experience and this is how i see things is like love yourself fully like i love myself so much and i know myself very well i'm not saying I don't learn things about myself every day because I do, but I spend a lot of time like with my all the pals that live inside me, <laughs> just watching their conversations and like seriously, like I know these different aspects of me. I know my darkness and I love it and I respect it and, and I'm very honest with myself. Like I live a life of integrity, like my ethics are not only to other people in the world, but like with me, 
like I like to be honest about my feelings and like the choices I make do they really match what my my ideals and how I think and you know what I want so I think after that you know when I met Andrew I try to I try not like, like I want to continue a life with him but a life like I've been living it like I don't want to change myself for somebody else I don't want to change my honesty I don't want to play we were talking about like playing games I don't want to like wait two hours to text him if actually I can talk to him you know in the moment like I didn't do that I'm not going to play games like if I want to talk to him I'll talk to him if I like him I like him if I don't like him or don't like something I will also say it so honesty like with yourself first but also you know with the other person and and like once being in a relationship is, I mean, continuing that, like just being an in integrity and, and also understanding that we are different universes coming together. So the way I see the world and my experiences have shaped me in a way to understand words a certain way to connect to things differently. So I have to also be mindful that he's a different world with different experiences and sometimes understand, you know, where he's coming from. And as long as if there's like respect and, and love, like we can, you know, work with anything. That's my advice. <laughs> That's my tip. What about you, love? Well, as far as advice, if tip. tips, um, if you're really interested in someone, if you want to get out of dating and really get be move into the world of relationships, don't play games. Like dating is a is a multi multitude of notorious games that just waste your time and overwhelm you and demoralize you and leave you feeling empty and soulless at the end of the day. And I think that the dating scene in general is really struggling around this whole ideology that there's always something else out there too. And that's where the game kind of keeps perpetuating itself, where you just get in this mentality that you're dating and that, you know, the grass is greener or this person's playing games and then that person's playing games and it's a vicious cycle. So if you really care about someone and you're in dating in the dating scene and you're struggling to find that person, you know, focus more on what you can do to just be a decent person and avoid the games that most people get caught up in in that scene. And then just be honest and transparent. Like if I can offer any advice, it's that our honesty and transparency with each other has allowed us to open doors that we never thought we could imagine mm -hmm. before we had a life with each other. Thank you for those. Yeah, thank you. Think we're ready to take a pause or Dale, did you want to? Yeah, let's take a pause real quick. We are back from that short break. Uh, and I think Dale wanted to start us off with some words on the advice portion of this episode and then we're going to keep moving yeah well paula and andrew i love what you both said because i think those are 
really val- I think that's really valuable. I mean, the two of you found each other where you're and you find each other still where your values are aligned, right? So in looking for another, you want to know what they value and are are you in alignment with those values? And I love what you said, Andrew. You know, like don't make dating about games. Because you know, when you find someone, that's big. And at some point you have to choose. Like this is this is my person. It, there is this kind of tendency, like dating becomes this kind of big marketplace. So there is a tendency, you know, and temptation to like, oh yeah, let's try out this one, try out that, let's try, you know, take a test drive. But at some point when you find someone that aligns that you have chemistry and compatibility, it's time to choose and and commit. So beautiful, beautiful um, suggestions and tips. Thank you for those. And I think, um, Paula, you mentioned that um, for your process in like finding your person, um, which Jail's bring up is kind of like in her experience is like a choosing Right. And I I kind of agree that we do choose a bit who our person is. And that's just my perspective. And when you brought up Paula about like loving yourself is important for that. um, That's, that's, that strikes a point in me. That's kind of almost difficult and interesting because I, I am still learning to love myself and I'm dating and I have my own experience with that. And I just had a quick question. If do, do you think that there's like this whole, like, loving of self that you needed in order to be in the relationship and like the hard parts too. And that that's a process or is it like kind of this, like all goodness love with their self. Can you clarify that? Is that okay? Yeah. I think like to me, at least in my process that I could not have met or find a person who was completely healthy, you know, in a relationship and give me the things that I want to have if I didn't have that part. Because like when you really, really love yourself, uh, you know what things you want, what you don't want and what you're willing to compromise. Like I, you know, we always have to compromise and I, compromise but there are things that that if I compromise I will be denying myself and that's not loving myself so you know I feel like that's important because of that and also for the other person too like if I don't love myself I'm not it's not right or it's not um, how do you say fair to the other person because that person is going to be feeling voids that I have within me and I don't want him to validate me or to feel any void or to supply me with anything. Like I'm choosing to be with him because I want to spend my time with him. I think it's productive. It makes me feel good. Like there are so many qualities to it. But at the same time, like I don't need him. You know, if I don't have him, it's going to hurt me a lot. But, you know, it's not going to like take up part of me, you know. I'm not going to lose myself. So I don't know if that answers your question. Can I add to that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this kind of resonates with me too, because before I met my wife, I, I kind of reached a point where I, you know, starting to feel hopeless and uh, alone and really discouraged. And 
have these feelings of, um, you know, of depression because of that. And it wasn't until I started spending that time alone with myself that I really gained an appreciation for who I was and got the chance to connect with me as a person and become comfortable with who I was. So I could really focus on uh, improving myself as a person and being a better person so that I could be ready to be a good person to my partner. And I feel very firmly now that you're only as good to the people around you as you are to yourself. If you're not good to yourself, and if you don't take care of yourself first, then how good are you going to be to the people around you? And because we really focus on self-care and individual care of each other, I feel we're able to really help an entire community of people because of that. Thank you. Thanks for that. That answered my question very well. And I think our listeners will really appreciate that clarity on those. Thank you. Um, and I guess we should move forward to where you guys are going next. What are your plans? Uh, where are you taking this relationship? What are your aspirations together? Uh, and you guys are also trainers. So we're super curious uh, about what your work is there and what you are providing for the world. What What are you guys bringing? What's, what's coming forward for you guys? What's your future? So our goal is to <laughs> to live off the grid <laughs> and to have a, a nice, comfortable retirement in a healthy place where we can have our grown our own food. So uh, our big goal is to uh, create a hotel in Colombia that is also going to serve as a retirement home. And for us, for us, and <laughs> no, so we will live there, but we will have like rooms. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, that's our that's our, our our goal. Like we want to retire in Colombia. We want to have that um, as a business because we need you know to be self sufficient, but also to you know to to work uh, with the local community and to provide you know the things that we want that we are already sharing with our clients in a beautiful place that we also love to share and that's why we do the the immersions in Colombia so it will be kind of like a step up of from what we're doing right now we're taking people to these beautiful places that actually check all the you know boxes we care for like they're sustainable their um their social responsibility uh it's you know, they work well with the communities. So let's go deeper into that, because I don't think you really uh, communicated that we're hosting retreats. So okay. part of uh, what we do in our business is host retreats. And uh, we offer the community we work with in our personal training and yoga industry to join us on trips to Colombia so that we can allow them to connect with the earth there and learn more sustainable values and also connect with the locals and a lot of the indigenous people that we've um, grown the relationships with in the region that we travel to. So it's a great experience for us to be in a very wholesome, natural atmosphere that's authentic and to be able to bring people that are interested in learning how to connect with each other's more authentically or with each other more authentically and the planet and learn, you know, more healthy, sustainable lifestyle choices was also a big impact behind what we do with these retreats. Yeah. And a lot of healing, these Mm -hmm. places are, 
I mean, just being there, the sounds, being in, nat- in that raw nature and learning and receiving too from the locals. Also, like learning the some of the indigenous wisdom, just kind of like shifting your mind and learning other ways to see the world and to care for Mother Earth and to care for yourself and each other. That That's so important to us. And we do it with the retreats and we also do it with our, you know, biz, local business, which mm-hmm. is um, training clients, personal training in teaching yoga. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, we're pretty much bringing the same values to everywhere we go. So our big goal, I guess, would be take, to take our retreats and to purchase a piece of land where we can build our own little sustainable eco hotel and invite all of our guests to come join us there so they can partake in all of the wisdom that we get from the land and the uh, the experiences that you um, that you have when you're in a place like Colombia and just keep growing that community from there. Wow. What a beautiful representation of a relationship unit in the work, doing the good work and contributing not only to each other, but society. I think that is a milestone and what we would call a power couple because it's it's not about like this dynamic of power, but it's like how you are bringing energy to community and bringing sustainability and regeneration to community. Like that is definitely one of my goals. If I were to have a partner, that would be a goal of mine as well. Um, and everybody's different, but wow, wow that's amazing. I just want to say that. <laughs> Thank you, Sonny. <laughs> yeah, so, so beautiful and so powerful and and a, and a contribution, right? Like that comes from this, the the beautiful love that you two have that's kind of like where it's emanating from and now you're just paying it forward like by bringing this to the to other cu- people and couples and connecting them to their own relationship to each other and the land it's so beautiful yeah and thank you so much both for for being here today and for sharing with us and being so transparent and vulnerable and open and yeah, and letting us into your world. Really appreciate you both. And thank you, yeah, thank you. and Sunny, for inviting us and for having us. And uh, this was very special to spend or to do this on our anniversary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we didn't good. really plan it like that, but we don't really plan things like this, but they keep happening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so thank you so much. This was great. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, thank you. It, it was such a great experience. Uh, you know, we do so many things. It's hard to like compartmentalize us into like any one stereotype. So it's really cool to experience something like this and to share this time with you guys in a way that's very new and unique and very rewarding to me as well. So thank you for that. Yeah, thank you both. To find more information on Paola and Andrew's training and wellness retreats, check out their website at mvmntreble.com or check our description for a link below. See you next time on New Wave Relationships.